podcast, a mindset podcast by students for students. Hola a todos. I am here with a special guest today. I'm here with Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nunez, uh, who is an honor student at the University of Texas at Austin, who is pursuing anthropology and humanities. And he's originally from Brownsville, Texas. He spent a year and a half at American University in Washington, D.C., before transferring to the University of Texas at Austin. And he aims to promote health equity and continue to create a positive impact for Latino communities. Some of his past work experience includes working at the National Aeronautics and Space Administration for a year. He assisted developing a national program aimed at increasing the number of underrepresented individuals in the NASA and nation STEM workforce. Over the summer of 2023, he worked with the assessment data analytics and planning team at the University of Texas, where he assisted in qualitative coding and conducted research in student belonging. And for the upcoming academic year, he'll be working as a research assistant in the Latino Research Institute at University of Texas, and is assisting a research project aimed at investigating the effects of diabetes type two intervention program. Welcome, Jeremiah, good to have you. How's your semester going? I know you're a junior, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a junior. I'm, I'm on my third year here at UT. Well, well I'm, I'm a junior, yes, but yeah. yeah, It's been going really well so far. It's about to be Thanksgiving, so I'm really excited to see my family again. Yeah, well, you've been involved in so many things. Like, I know I just went through your bio. You've been really involved in research, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy that your semester's going well. Do you want to talk about, you know, what got you interested in anthropology and humanities and, like, how that came about through, you know, growing up, through your travels. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in the Rio Grande Valley and, and that's where Brownsville is. So so the Rio Grande Valley is like the southernmost part of Texas. So it's like southernmost part of the United States. And it's since it's right next to Mexico, there's like a high influence of Mexican-American culture there. And that's kind of where I grew up. And I, I was always, I, me and my family would always travel between Mexico and the United States. And growing up in that like multicultural environment it really showed me the power of cultures. However, during that time, the Rio Grande Valley was also one of the highest impoverished areas in the entire country. And so at the time, I believe the poverty rate was 35%, which was about three times the national average. And so growing up in that ex growing up in that environment, I also got exposed to poverty myself. And I also experienced many health inequalities, such as not being able to go to hospital or go to get medicine and stuff like that. And so through that experience, I really... I felt like my life was highly impacted by medicine and health overall. And as I grew older, I became more interested in health. And so for quite a while, I wanted to become a medical doctor. And then as I grew older even more, so about around middle school, I realized that HIV was actually a problem in my community. And so also like with, with poverty comes many different health inequalities, not just access, but also the amount of diseases that a community receives. And so partly due to that, but also partly due to culture, the HIV rates in my area were increasing at quite a high rate compared to most areas in the country where they were actually decreasing. And so one of the reasons HIV was increasing in where I'm from is due to the Mexican culture itself. And so there's a lot of stigma around what causes HIV, specifically about what specifically about like men sleeping with men and also drug use. And so those stigmas exist in the Mexican-American culture. And that was kind of, noticing those stigmas was my first experience at noticing culture affects health. 
And that was really what got me inter interested in how culture affects health, essentially. Yeah, so so noticing that Sigma within the Mexican-American community was affecting health was my first introduction to culture affecting health. And so that's kind of what got me interested in anthropology, which is a study of how, cul how culture and humanity works itself. And then from anthropology, I became interested in medical anthropology, which is how cultures affects health of individuals and communities. And so originally, I planned to pursue my anthropology degree at a university called American University in Washington, D.C. And the reason I chose to go there was because I thought not only did I want to get a degree, but I also wanted to become a leader. So I wanted to be exposed to the public space of like the of policy and stuff like that. And so I was there for a year and a half. However, while I was there, I still wanted to become a medical doctor. And so my plan was to just get anthropology as my undergrad and so continue on my plan of becoming a medical doctor. I didn't really see anthropology as my brain, my main route essentially in life. However, I eventually started working for NASA and NASA was where I gained experience talking to other academics. And that's really where I felt empowered to make a change to my community using academia. And so I know, I know you transferred too. So I was wondering if you perhaps had a similar experience. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. It is very common uh, that we change our interests <laughs> as we learn new things and we're involved in these communities. Maybe we're getting involved in research or we meet an inspiring professor or we have inspiring mentors. And, you know, sounds like with your experience with NASA, you were really delving into research there. And it sounded like that really changed your route. Um, I had a similar thing where, uh, so I'm re-entry, I'm older. I think you know this when I talk to you. <laughs> like, um, I had a gap of four years and then I came back to school. But during that gap before, I thought I wanted to become a biologist. And similar to you, kind of like a medical field kind of thing. But coming back, I uh, my time away, I was working as a health coach. And I knew that there was a lot of health disparities, a lot of uh, impacts to marginalized communities, underrepresented communities, especially where I live in the Bay Area. Um, and I'm like, well, I want to help people. I want to talk to people. And I want to understand things. So I came back to school for psychology. And I've never felt happier. I feel like it's the perfect fit for me. I really enjoy my classes. I enjoy my, uh, spending time with my professors, asking questions. I also had an internship with the NSF over the summer. I had a, such an inspiring mentor. And it completely kind of not, I wouldn't say changed because I was already thinking of going that route as when I came back from my bachelor's. But it opened up a door for me to, to view myself as a being able to be a researcher, being able to go to graduate school. I started to visualize my future in a different way. Whereas before I just didn't, I had the little kind of like el gusanito as they say, like I kind of want to do that, but I don't know how that works or how I want to, how, how do I get that started, you know? But having more people who supported me and guided me through, you know, using certain softwares, using certain uh, like research approaches and, looking at different research questions and research, research designs, I thought, okay, well, I wanna do this. <laughs> like, how can I create my research questions? How can I make an impact? How can I make a difference? Um, so yeah, I would say that it's pretty similar, right? <laughs> kind of different because we were different majors, but somehow we got to you know, this similar path. Yeah, and, and for me, one, one of the fundamental like 
reasons I, ch- I changed from becoming a medical doctor to to becoming an academic is really working for NASA. And like you said, you worked for the NSF. And to me, being part of NASA kind of showed me that academia as itself can be a public good and a public service because the government itself is a public good and a public service. And the mentors there really showed me that I can actually impact people's lives. So the program I was working in was aimed at increasing the amount of individuals who go to PhD programs from under-resourced institutions. And so the program was called the SMD Bridge Program. And it, we're, we're trying to make it into a national program where we provide funding to institutions all across the country from, from a bunch of different backgrounds. And so most traditional bridge programs, they usually provide a pathway to PhD programs by either giving classes or giving funding for research. And usually it's to about a cohort of like 10 to sometimes a little bit more. However, what makes the SMD Bridge Program unique is that we aren't just helping a few individuals, we're helping universities create their own program, which would then help a bunch of individuals. Mm -hmm. And so through that program and through directly building capacity at those institutions, I kind of came into contact with the concept of capacity building, which is where we don't just go to communities and help one or two individuals or help them temporarily. We build the capacity in those communities for them to help themselves. And that kind of relates to my advocacy for health equity. So I'm part of this organization called Partners in Health. And that organization works all over the world to build not just hospitals, but also universities and schools at those areas so that the community themselves can be part of improving the health outcomes of their own community members. Yeah, like capacity building letting it create itself, like letting the community be involved and having their actions be meaningful, having their actions impact their own community and have it be sustainable over time, have it last. Yeah, that's that's one of the main thing. That's one of the main benefits of capacity building is that you don't want it just to be under, you just don't want it to benefit temporarily. You want to create kind of, I, I know there's this famous quote that goes something like, you plant seeds for trees you won't lay under or for a shade you won't see. And so that's kind of how I view my overall life goal. I really want to improve the lives of individuals who come after me. Because even though I grew up in poverty and all of that experience, I still don't do what I'm doing for myself. Instead, I'm doing it so that someone else doesn't have to go through it. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to catch the program that you mentioned. You said that the, the program that bridges students to a PhD program, what is that called again? Yeah, so, so the program is called SMD Bridge Program. Oh. And so the program itself is mainly aimed at kind of, it's it's aimed at mostly like principal investigators. So principal investigators are usually like already professors. And so, so for the program, the principal investigators or the professors at universities will apply to NASA for funding for our program. And then our program will give them money in order to build research opportunities for underrepresented, under-resourced, and minority students, essentially. And because one of the biggest challenges for minority students and for students in general is research opportunities. And one of our big components of our program is that those research opportunities are actually going to get paid. So like a lot of of students don't have access to research opportunities because they simply can't afford them because they can't, they can't just focus on that and not pay for their housing or their food or even their family members because some have dependents. And so that's one of our big components. We're not just trying to give money for researchers to conduct research. We also want to build these opportunities 
that are funded and that are paid or paying undergrads. Wow, that's amazing. I think that's super amazing, getting paid research opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so glad that NASA has funding for that, that they're able to have this program and be able to have undergraduates gain research experience, especially underrepresented students. I have a, a, a follow-up question. Um, so walk us through your career journey. I know you're still an undergrad, but you've been involved in internships and research apprenticeships. Um, how did you get to intern for NASA? Like, how did you find the opportunity? What? How did it like spark for you? Yeah, so 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 you mentioned it briefly, but for my before I used to go to the school called American University in DC, and I went there for about a year and a half from my freshman year to my sophomore year, and like I, I think like all like all schools out there send just a bunch of emails to students about different opportunities and I was always getting this email about like cookie I think the program was called like cookies on stem or like donuts and diversity <laughs> I don't know it was something like that and like I would I literally miss like like each every two weeks they would have one of these like diversity and donuts events I believe mm-hmm. and at every event they would have like some different professor coming and I always thought it was a cool opportunity, but like I never went to it. And so like my entire first semester, like I just never looked at it. I found out about it through like one of my teachers, but I never went to it. And then it was about like halfway or probably like 75% through my spring semester, my freshman year that like I had nothing to do that week. And so like I decided to go to this diversity and donuts thing because like I and <laughs> like I had never planned on going one. It didn't really sound like something that was relevant to me. Cause it was, it was kind of STEM based, mm-hmm. but, and I'm more like about anthropology, but at that time I was already starting to get interested in diversity. And so I decided to go to this event too. Maybe, maybe I could learn something from it. And while I was there, there was this professor from the physics department mm-hmm. and he was actually there kind of talking to us about his route to graduate school. And he was a physics lecturer so to me like I thought it, I thought what he was talking about was really cool he was talking about like quantum mania I don't know he was talking about like some, he was talking about quantum physics and I thought that's interesting but I didn't really see like any benefit to my own personal career but it wasn't until the end of his speech where he said like oh yeah one more thing guys the applications for NASA internships are due this week and he was since he was presenting he had like a powerpoint out and like he literally closed the PowerPoint and he went to the website and like he showed us what the website was. And then like that's kind of that kind is kind of what introduced me to the, the idea of NASA internships and that I can apply to it. And so because of him, like later that week, like I think I had that diversity and donuts email was like on a Tuesday. And then later that <laughs> week, it was like a Friday night. And like it was like I think it was about like. It was like 9.30 at night and the applications were due at 12 and I hadn't done nothing. I had like, I didn't even look at the website since he showed it to us. And then I, I don't know how, but I just remembered in my head that he was talking about it. And so I just looked up the NASA website and then I saw all the opportunities. And then I saw that one about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I thought that would fit greatly into my overall goal of helping diverse communities and so I applied to the NASA FSMD bridge program and at the time I was a freshman and they were actually looking back I actually looked at the description again and it turns out that they were looking for juniors and seniors in college and I was a freshman at that time so if I had actually looked if I had looked at that then I probably would have been dissuaded a little bit but I still ended up applying to it because 
one of the things about me at that time was actually had enough credit to be classified as a junior. And so I was like, yo, maybe, maybe they could see this and maybe they could be like, mm-hmm. I'll, I maybe they, they'll consider me. I don't know. And so I put that in my paragraph. I was like, I'm, I'm a junior in credits, but I wasn't really a junior at the time. I was really just a freshman. But I, that wasn't really to be deceptive. It was just to show that like I was kind of advanced enough to know about the different topics. And so eventually I had an interview with my mentor who ended up being my boss later on. Mm-hmm. And it was through her that I I had a, had a great conversation with her. And we actually ended up talking about where I'm from, my community, because she asked me what got me interested in STEM and what got me interested in working for NASA, not STEM directly. And I, I actually talked to her about some researchers from NASA who studied gravitational waves who went to my middle school. And so I was like, that, that kind of got me interested in, in NASA a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and but, but that's basically my first perception. It was completely by accident. But I don't know, something something that day, it was, like I said, it was 9.30 p.m. It was like 9.30 p.m. Like, it was due like in two hours and a half. And I'm not sure what happened in my mind, but I was like, like the worst that can happen is no. And also, you will never know you don't try. Mm-hmm. And then when, once I got accepted into my NASA internship, like I literally like I lived in the dorm at that time. And so like I literally like screamed in the hallway. It was wild. And like I called my mom and like my mom was at her job at the time. My mom's a middle school teacher. And so I actually called her school like and I, was, and I told my mom on the phone just just because I was so excited. Like I would have never imagined someone like me and like especially someone with my background, not only like not only am I not really experienced in STEM, but also no one had ever told me about these internships besides that one professor and so it was all by coincidence but at the end of the day I think it's just up to the person like taking those small coincidences and working on them and that is how you'll achieve like working at NASA and achieving other goals too it's just taking those coincidental moments and using them to your advantage that really will really help people out. Wow, thanks for sharing, Jeremiah. Diversity Donuts on a Tuesday got you to this. <laughs> the bridge to NASA. <laughs> for sure, yeah. I, I guess I had my own bridge too, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and it, it's very common because that's, I think a lot of people don't un, don't hear these opportunities and unless you take your time to go to these workshops, to go to these events, to go to these you know, where, where people are sharing information, sharing opportunities, and, you know, they might not be at the title of the, you know, it's called Diversity Donuts, but <laughs> there's so many things that they're going to talk about. They can't possibly put it all on the flyer because no one's going to read it, right? So yeah. it is important. I think also you said something really important too that I hear a lot of internship um, interviewers say, like, you don't hurt yourself by by applying. The worst you can get is no. And even you, like you did not have a lot of time to apply. You just went for it, right? You just never know if you never try. And I think that's an inspiring story where, you know, you took you took this chance and you saw what it got. <laughs> you saw what that effort applying got you. Um, so I hope other students can also learn from that. You know, take those chances, take your time to, to you know, visit these workshops, hover around your professors. <laughs> because things are happening and they're happening quick you know they're not going to be talking about it for months they're not going to be like flashing it everywhere because they're also really busy they have a lot on their plate everyone's just kind of like when they have a chance those things come out you know so you just want to be ready for what where you can hear that when you where you can pick that up 
And also like, I heard other people say this in the past too, like, oh, I'm just lucky. I, I'm just lucky that I have a good mentor. I'm just lucky that this happened. Like, but also you put in the work, like you, there's a reason why you found that because you had your ears, you know, kind of open to receiving information. You were open to that. You were willing to go. You took your time to go. Like you also put in the effort to, to make that like coincidence happen. Right. Yes. So there's also that part of it. And I think we can like, uh, diminish ourselves like oh it's just luck or you know it just happened to happen but no there's a reason for it like you got to where you are you know you went to American University for a year you're at University of Texas now like there's a reason why you're studying why you're studying and people want that they want your skills and your background your experiences and what you bring to the table you know so I'm happy that your mentor eventually became your boss and you know you had that working relationship with them and they're able to guide you through that research research project mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure and and like I've heard other people say like no like I've heard people say before that in the past like the worst thing I can say no is but there's always still an aspect of intimidation to it and I do want to recognize that like like yes like it, in and so for some of these programs it takes like hours and hours to apply like it takes like hours of drafting essays getting letters of recommendation mm -hmm. however I think I think sometimes in those moments of fear and those moments of intimidation, you kind of have to think about like your overall goal. And when whenever that happens to me, I always think back to my community. And so my community helped me a lot growing up. And I think people have to look back at who helps them and who they want to help themselves and how they want to continue being essentially and reaching their goal. And so I think, I think in those times of intimidation, Think about others. And I think that will help guide a lot of people through those moments of fear and through those moments of intimidation. So that motivator, that intrinsic motivation that you have comes from thinking about your community and where you grew up and how you want to be able to give back and make an impact. These are some great tips for students. <laughs> so thank you for sharing. Internships can be intimidating and, you know, start small. The, bol the ball will start rolling, you know. Uh, maybe you don't you know, go for the right off the bat, you know, maybe you're a freshman and you want to apply, but, you know, starting with those small internships, getting some experience here and there, all of that gets the ball rolling. And eventually, you know, you get to the, the next internship or the next job experience. Um, and also, yeah. oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I completely agree with you because well, well, like I first started out working for NASA and like that, that is a prestigious position. Like I recognize that 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 is like a prestigious kind of internship to get. And that, like I said earlier, that was a little bit by coincidence. But like now at the time, that, that isn't really what I was interested in it. I was interested in a part of it, but not all of it. But now as I've continued and as I've developed more experience, now I'm doing what I truly want to do, which is studying Latino communities and their health. And so I think what you said was very true about I was just one after the other one. And I think eventually you'll reach to it, even if it may only apply to like 25% of what you actually want to do. You can build on that 25% through multiple internships or through multiple experiences. And then eventually you end up exactly where you want to be. And so just getting that little experience one at a time. And because you can't just build like a castle in a day. You have to work it over time. Yeah, and we're not going to land something that fits perfectly with what we want, you know, 
And like you said, you shaped your path from going to medical to now going to academia and you feel good about that. Like you feel satisfied. So I know we're talking about internships and uh, your experience with NASA. I'm wondering what are your plans after graduating? You're a junior at the University of Texas, Austin. Do you plan on going to graduate school right after? Like, what are your plans? Yeah, so yes, yeah, so I'm a junior right now. So I plan on going to graduate school. So I, I plan on getting, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on applying to both PhDs in sociology and anthropology. Mm-hmm. And so the reason for that kind of diverse choice is because anthropology is really good at giving one-on-one experiences and sociology is really good at showing systemic outcomes or systemic causes of problems. And so right now I'm leaning a little bit to getting my PhD in sociology, even though I'm an anthropology undergrad. And so, so my in my personal experience, like just recently, I went through some difficulty myself trying to decide, should I focus on anthropology or should I focus on sociology? And then I realized where my research is going is I really want to show that stigma affects the Latino community at a systemic level. And so that's why now I'm shifting to, to sociology. And I think that kind of goes back to our what you said earlier about kind of creating your own path and shifting. And so like this is always happening, like in my life and everyone's life. And just getting used to those shifting in moments and being able to embrace those moments too and going full head. I think that's what really changes people's lives and their perspectives and how often they commit to stuff. And so yeah, so so Back to the main question. So, so I, I do plan. I still plan to apply to both PhD programs in anthropology, but I'll probably focus on PhD programs in sociology. And once I do get a PhD in sociology, I really hope to focus my research on how stigma affects all groups of people, not just not just minority communities like Hispanics or African Americans, but also like white communities and other communities like that. And by showing that stigma is a systemic issue, I want people to become aware that there's problems within communities themselves that can possibly perpetuate health inequalities. And that isn't really about victim blaming or anything like that. It's more about recognizing that health issues exist at different levels. And some of those levels are within communities themselves. And so stigma is a very difficult concept to not just like grasp, but also to tackle. And so eventually I want to work on interventions that are multifaceted and, and multi-level. So it isn't good enough to just like look at one problem mm-hmm. or like one belief and tackle that. You know, you need to tackle a bunch of different beliefs and also at their different stages. And so my ultimate goal is to create those type of health interventions that target problems within communities and not outside of communities. Because most of most of the funded health interventions are aimed at things such as health access, and then also like outside discrimination and healthcare worker bias. That's what most research and interventions are focused on. So they're focused on outside factors, but I'm really interested in learning how internal factors of communities impact health behaviors and health outcomes. And so my overall goal is to improve communities from within, essentially. Yeah, I think that's really important. And you're definitely going in the in the right direction, following your interests and following like what's calling you. Your interest is with health. Um, are you doing anything right now with your current uh, research apprenticeships that are leaning in that direction? I know you said that you're working on a, a research assistantship with um, diabetes type two intervention, which is different from what you did with NASA, right? It, NASA was more STEM kind of focused. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so definitely. So right now I'm working for the Latino Research Institute here at UT Austin. 
And the program I'm working with, the research lab I'm working with is called the Salud Salud Lab. And so that program is actually implementing a diabetes type two intervention where we educate people about diabetes too, about self-management techniques. However, we also provide them like a free YMCA membership. And then we also provide them weekly lessons online. And then we also have weekly lessons in person. And one of the core components of it is actually having a support person. So many of the participants who are in our program have support persons. So that could be a sister, a brother, a child. It could be anyone in their in their goal. And the reason we have that support person is because because like, like like in the Latino community and the Hispanic community in general, there's a lot of familial relationships and like family is very important. Mm-hmm. And so that isn't one of the direct goals. That isn't really one of the direct things we want to focus on really. But we do want to see kind of how that influences and perhaps having a support person along with you on the diabetes self-management program will help you complete the self-management program. Yeah. And so, so like just, and so in the health capacity right now, what I really like about the program is not only am I interacting with patients or with participants, I'm also looking at the long-term impacts of what I'm doing itself. And so right now my research is all kind of theoretical. However, like I said earlier, eventually I want to create my own interventions. And so being part of an intervention program itself is a really great experience too, to see how it works in real life. Because because we, we could talk a lot, like we could talk for hours about stigma. Like it's been a research, <laughs> it's been a field that's existed since like the 1960s, but it doesn't really matter or it does matter, but it doesn't really have real world impact until we go out there and create it. And so that's one of the big, components I want to do in the future I want to create the change I'm always talking about and I'm always writing about and I'm always thinking about too and so I really want to create that change and this program is exposing me to a way to create change well I'm sure you have some amazing professors mentors guiding you through that and I'm sure you're picking up a lot of things like learning picking that picking that up with working with participants and also like in the lab learning from your mentors so I'm very excited for you. And I'm also like, can't wait for you to, to enroll in your PhD program in the future. I know it's it still seems far away because you're a junior, but time flies so by. Time flies by so fast sometimes. I lay like, I'm in my house. I'm like, I'm going to graduate soon. And I'm still a junior too. And I like shed a tear. I'm like, I don't want to graduate. <laughs> like, I really love school. I really enjoy it. Um, so I can feel that energy from you as well. Yeah, the, the other day I was just thinking about that too. I was like, well, 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 it's it's only been like two and a half years technically since I started college. But like my life has changed so much in the, in those two and a half years. And I feel so grateful for anything, for everything I've experienced. And yeah, just, just time flies by really quickly. And I, I didn't get that when I was younger. To me, it felt like I had all the time in the world. But as, as you grow older, you just realize there there is... Time is an actual thing that happens, I guess, and it moves really quickly. Yeah. Well, I'm also, before we go, I wanted to give you a chance to maybe share something that we didn't get to that I didn't ask you about. Um, Bring up a story or an experience or something that you think students could benefit from. Yeah, and I think one of the, so one of the reasons I transferred from American University to the University of Texas at Austin is because I learned to believe in myself. And so initially when I went to 
American University. One of the core reasons is because I wanted to learn how to become a leader. And when I was over there, I learned I was already a leader. I just need to implement it in my daily life. And so now that I'm back here at UT Austin, I'm part of groups such as Partners in Health, and I'm helping plan marches and also like art exhibits and different ways of activism. And overall, I just want to tell people to to believe in themselves, and not just through their activism, but also through their grades, through their relationships, that people just need to build confidence in themselves and realize that they have value and that they have something to contribute to not just themselves, but like society as a whole, like you matter and people care about you and you shouldn't do, you should do something with the skills you got. And so I just want people to build confidence within themselves to change the world that they see. Yeah, you change the way you look at yourself and you can change the world and see yourself with with an abundance of skills rather than like, I lack this, I don't have experience, I need this, I need an internship. Like it can be really heavy and it can weigh down on us when we start thinking that way. Um, well, I one of the things I like to do is practice gratitude. Like I was saying, sometimes I just shed a tear. I'm like, I'm gonna graduate soon. I don't want to, I'm so grateful, I'm so happy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, I definitely agree with you, Jeremiah, believing in yourself is really important. It can, it can be the gas that fuels you, right? Like be the internal flame that makes you keep going when things get hard, when things get tough as a student. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that, uh, those words of wisdom and those tips for the students out there listening. And yeah, I just wanted to also share, how can people connect with you? Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you and ask you more questions? Yeah, so you, they, they can reach out to me. You just type in Jeremiah N-U-N-E-Z on LinkedIn. And you can also contact me on Instagram at jn.8338. And so, yeah, I'm open to helping anyone, whether it be like, whether you're applying for internships or whether you just want someone who's slightly older, or maybe in your same situation or similar experience to you, to just to talk about it. Because to me in, in life, I found that just talking to someone makes problems seem a lot more manageable. And so if anyone wants to talk, whatever be about internships or like I said, anything else, I'll be more than happy to to talk about it. Yes, Jeremiah is so amazing. <laughs> we met in person, we went to a conference and we met and it was like, hey, I need to connect with you more. We need to talk. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Everything will be in the description for you. So like your LinkedIn and like people can go directly there to get all your information and reach out. So I'll put that in the description of the episode. And thank you to all of the listeners who stayed through this episode. I invite you to leave a review, share this episode with people who you think might benefit from it. And let's keep the conversation going. If you're a student who's interested in talking about what you're up to, advice, tips, your experience as a student, your interests and your goals, please reach out to me. I have all of my information in the description of this episode as well. And I hope everyone has a great rest of their week. This is a weekly podcast where I post every Saturday. And stay tuned to hear more about my time as a student and other students' experiences. And we'll be here next Saturday. Bye, everyone.